0: Great and mighty is the God of heaven. How many of you agree with that? Great and mighty is our God. Great and mighty is our God. It's wonderful to um, be in a relationship with someone that you feel like you're always getting to know. Um, There's no way in the world that the inexhaustible God uh, can be known in just a few moments. Uh, It'll take an eternity. Even when we get our new bodies and immortality swallows up mortality even then we will still be learning um and uh angels who have been with us way before us have been with him still are getting to know him and um and so um i'm excited and the bible says we were made a little bit lower than the angels just for a little while so god being rich in mercy is going to put us above the angels ain't that crazy And they know him better than us but we'll get there not knowing him as much as they do but we'll know a whole lot of stuff once we get there but the thing about it is we will know him and enjoy him at the same time and we will be uninhibited unlimited in our ability to bask in the glory of the mighty one who was who is and who is to come if you're his you should be thankful uh you should be thankful that Your future is set. Every time the enemy uh, would determine and talk to you, like the whole preacher said, about your past, you just remind the enemy of his future. Um, Because um, your past was dark, but his future is darker. Because Christ's blood has washed away your past. How many of you glad about that? How many of you, you glad, you glad, you glad that he has taken control and done only what he can do. I'm glad to have Pastor Larry back from Malawi, Africa. And what a great work. I'm hoping he'll give us a testimony at some point to talk about what the Lord is doing, has done, and how over the next few years we can come alongside our brothers and sisters there. Um, I, I understand it's seven graduates, seven or eight? Ten graduates. Ten graduates. Okay, ten graduates from PTIM, and we're excited... 13 churches now. Wow. Oh, come on, y'all. 13 churches. Amen. Amen. 13 churches planted there in Malawi and beyond. And we're thankful for God's work of doing global ministry. That's why we hear, that's why we give, that's why we sacrifice, it's because we want to proclaim the gospel. Um, if you were here last week, you know that we are taking, in the United States particularly, Out of Epiphany Fellowship, um, we are actually taking a 24 to about 36-month break from planting churches from Epiphany Fellowship so that we can shore up and strengthen Epiphany Fellowship, uh, both in discipleship and mission. And so we are going to need all hands on deck with this. I believe that uh, Epiphany can be beyond the normal 10% of people investing in it. Uh, Usually most churches have uh, 100% of the work done by 10% of the people. And so um, I'm praying that that stat would be skewed uh, very heavily Um, our life groups to be increased, our evangelism and outreach efforts in the neighborhood to be increased, and then also your edification of your soul and spiritual growth to be increased and strengthened, and also your giving to go up so that we can do more of what God has called us to. Somebody should have been shouting amen right there. It's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm by myself, and I'm excited. I want to reach some people this year. I'm convicted. I was praying on my way here and just praying for revival in Philadelphia. Praying for a revival. I'm praying for boldness to proclaim Jesus to people. Amen. That we would open up our mouths and tell someone about the goodness of Jesus Christ. I want to baptize a bunch of new believers. I want to I see people with testimonies coming out of stuff. Coming off of drugs. Coming out of broken stuff. And uh, uh pride and greed. And, and God saving them and drafting them in. And them being brand spanking new People to the glory of God through Jesus Christ. That's why we're here, and I'm thankful. I'm extremely thankful for that. Well, let's stand to our feet. One last announcement: We will be transitioning Bible translations in a few months, and so we'll be going from the ESV to the CSB. And um, there are a couple of reasons for that. Um, it's reliable and it's readable, so it's it's a great translation. I'm actually uh, a, a part of the team that affirmed this translation with a bunch of other scholars and theologians, and we're excited about it. And uh, as a matter of fact, ESV is on a, written on a, uh, is uh, translated on an 11th grade level. Y'all can stand. Um, translated on an 11th grade level. But what I like about um, the, the CSB is it's, it's on a sixth grade level, which it's good and it's reliable still, but it's on a sixth grade level, which gives us the ability uh, to engage younger people and people with uh, wrestling with their reading levels they can engage in, amen somebody, with the word of God, and um, and we want the word of God to be accessible. And one of the things that I like, I've, I've been going through it myself, I won't be reading from it today, I'll be utilizing the ESV to love on y'all and um, today, but I, I you know, I, it, the prophets are even easier to read, so those of you who started Isaiah and stopped like in chapter two and a half and went back to like Ephesians <laughs> or Proverbs, we're praying that you're through the Bible Pro y'all know I'm telling the truth y'all got in Leviticus it's like God I know it's the word of God but not, not right now I'm not going to engage this y'all know I'm telling the truth that's why y'all laughing and so and so I, and so as I've been going through Isaiah and reading through I've been like, dang it's, it's, it's pulling me in even more I like this and so um, and so just cause, just because you' real real smart um, and I know we got a lot of brilliant people in here watch how accessible it is and I'm excited about that the elders liked it and uh, B&H, my, um, my publishing company that actually publishes most of my books, they are giving, they're, they're putting it out, and they are giving our entire church free copies. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> so we will talk more and more and more about this. If you want to know more about it, go to csbbible.com. You can find out all kinds of information. You can see our endorsements, my endorsements, all of our endorsements of this translation. All right? Let's dig into it. We're almost done. We got one more sermon in this series And so um, we are finally finished 2 Corinthians in a minute. Uh, And so um, let's go ahead and you start on three. One, two, three, go. Amen. Um, today, I would like to uh, talk about the commitment of a disciple maker, the commitment of a disciple maker. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we are thankful that getting saved makes us a disciple, not our obedience. We obey because we're disciples, not to become disciples. Uh, you call us to show and prove, though, that we are by Bearing much fruit and that comes from abiding in you and God I pray today as we enter into these last few chapters that uh, we talk through the good and hard stuff that helps us to be better. I pray that you would give us hope in the midst of it, transform lives and give us focus in Jesus mighty name. everybody that said Amen amen amen. amen. I don't know if you ever, how many of you ever written a letter to someone, like written a letter, written, hands up, you know? I know we are in a whole different age. I, you know, I think it's real un- impersonal if somebody has a friendship with you and he send you an email, it's just weird to me. Um, it, it is, it is, unless it's like business or something, or you send me an email, it's just weird. But, um, but writing a letter um, is something about the pen, something about seeing the stroke of the hand, something about uh, seeing the lettering and uh, the intensity, particularly if uh, you can uh, understand people's uh, handwriting. I got doctor's handwriting, uh, my wife says, and so only a pharmacist spiritually can understand my writing. But <laughs> but it's interesting that letters are sent uh, to communicate some of the most personable, relational information and what's beautiful about letters is when someone passes away having their writing is different than having an email from them um, having what they pinned to you and what they said to you and what they took the time to stroke their hand to communicate it's just a beautiful thing um i'm um, 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 chuck swindoll the former uh, president of dallas seminary is famous for his small notes to people, where he would write short notes and things. Um, matter of fact, uh, uh, Spurgeon, o, o, I remember C. F. Lewis or Spurgeon, would answer everyone that said something to them because they felt if they put something out in the atmosphere they were obligated uh, to write something back. I don't know what in the world they do now to Twitter, Facebook and everything, but, because everybody got something to say now, but uh, letters are very, very personal and a lot of times when you write a letter, the, 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 the letters that are most challenging to write are those letters where some of us write better than we talk. And, 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 in, and, in, and in writing better than we, we speak, um, it's not a form of disrespect. It's really the way to get your mind together, get your heart together, to sort of lay out and communicate thoughtfully what you want somebody to hear from you. Are y'all tracking with me today? That—that's the spirit, I believe, of what Paul is doing here with the Corinthian church. Although he's under uh, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's ending this letter on a hard note. Um. Um. This is hard homiletically because usually you want to—you want to end on a different note. So wrestling through. Working on this message was a challenge because I'm saying, how can I give them hope? <laughs> um, 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 but the hope, I think, is in the challenge. Um, because as I look at this passage and I look at what Paul is saying, Paul has a heart for the Corinthian church. And he's writing things to them to, to help them to, to, to have some gaps breached between he and them because there wasn't a level of necessary reconciliation for there to be communal fellowship between he and them. And so in light of that reality, what we're finding here is Paul's ending this note on something I believe that every believer should one day um, be able to identify with, discipleship. <laughs> discipleship is the most Rewarding, encouraging, and painful thing you could ever be involved in. Not many of y'all are going to talk back to me because I don't know if you've experienced it yet. But every believer should make a disciple. Making a disciple is joining someone on their journey, on your journey, to look more like Jesus. Uh, I'll get help later. It's okay. Um. It's it's journeying with someone as you're journeying. Discipleship isn't helping someone on a journey that you're not on. The discipleship is the willingness to expose the good, bad, and ugly of your life. Help me today with somebody. Um, 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 To show them the process by which God is malleably working in your life to make you look like Jesus and you may be just a few steps ahead of them and you're saying, join me in this process and maybe you'll get something out of it. And so here we see Paul mulling over those who he had invested in. And and, and my prayer for us as we dive into this text that one day those who don't relate to it, one day you will. One day, I want you to relate to disciple making. One day, I want you to relate to investing. I'm not, I I I I, 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 investing in someone else sacrificially. Help me today. It, it's, it, it's something different for the soul. When you decide that you're going to pour your life out, open your life up, and when you, uh, listen, when you open your life up, you make yourself vulnerable. And that vulnerability is where discipleship meets. One of my favorite passages in the Bible where Jesus says, pray for me, I feel weak. I need you to pray for me. He asked his disciples for help. I love that I love that process by which Jesus is feeling like he needs to be prayed for. If Jesus, in making disciples, asked his disciples for prayer, how much more do we need it? Help me today. And so... Um, if you look at Paul's other letters, like you look at Romans, he ends the letter <laughs> exciting and excited about, man, tell Phoebe, help her whatever she needs. She's a beast for God. She kills it. She's a deaconess in the church. Man, she leads well. Help her. Man, tell this one how. I tell her, oh, watch out for that dude, but tell this one. You know, he just goes in. You know, then you got Galatians. He ends with, from now on, uh, let no one trump. Uh, let me cause anyone trouble. Be- uh, for I bear in my body the marks of Jesus. Grace. Uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you and your spirit. I like Ephesians. Peace be to you, brothers and sisters, and love with faith from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you. Philippians, I have received full payment. And then he said, and may my God supply every one of your needs according to his riches and glory. Colossians and Thessalonians. It just goes on and on and on by this beautiful ending. When you come to this ending, you're confused. Like, why in the world is he ending this letter like, broken and hurt. Because discipleship, when you're wrestling with disobedient disciples, is painful. Uh, I, I got a lot of points today. Um, because I couldn't just break it up into my one-point situation. So I got like four or five. I may get through them all, I may not. Number one. <clears throat> number one. If you're going to get a, permit, a good picture of a committed disciple maker, number one being misunderstood to be misunderstood even while God's hand is working through you you have to be willing to be misunderstood <laughs> even while God's hand is working on you <laughs> look at the verse he says paul's like i've been a fool he says you forced me to it like he said he said you put me in a situation where i didn't want to go there like that with y'all but he said, nah, you, you ever had somebody that took you there? Like, like, I'm not talking about to the curse situation. I'm talking about to a sanctified knockout punch. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? He said, see, you forced me to say stuff I ain't want to say to y'all because I was hoping y'all would repent before it got to this point. Right? <laughs> and look what he says. He says, for I ought to have been commended by you. Like, if anybody should be affirmed, it should have been me. When you invest in people, one of the hard things usually is the people you give to the most don't appreciate you the most. Help me to help me today. The, listen, <laughs> the people you invest in the most appreciate you the least, and guess what? You're called to still invest. Yeah. Woo! I hope I don't cry through this sermon. Help me today, God. It, it's, 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 it, 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 he's, he's hurt. Paul, like, I, I can't even believe we got to this point where I have to talk to you about what I am to you. I, I should have to pull out the rotodex of my commitment to, to seeing Christ formed in you. Why would I even have to get to that point to where I have to even talk about that? You should be the one announcing and giving thanks for God's grace through me in your life. Can you feel the discomfort in a disciple maker's voice of making such a claim? But Paul has to bring it up. And and he, he says, he says, for I was not at all inferior to super apostles, even though I am nothing. Oh, this is good here. It's interesting that when you invest in someone, please hear me. They will listen to people who mean them no good. First. Help me today God. More than you. Who have spent money out your pocket. Midnight oil. Breaking up fights. done put clothes in the cleaners. Because they snotted on your shoulder. Help me today. This is for the disciple makers. If you if you ain't a disciple maker, you you ain't gonna feel this right here. But 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 for my disciple makers, you can feel it when somebody can hear a lie and they accept it, and you give them the truth, and they go the other direction. And you're confused at why you your 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 heart is rend because you're like, how in the world are you like blind to the fact that they're taking from you, that they're pulling from you, that they're draining, they have no good for you. How can you, and then you get with them, talk about me. This is the text now, acting like y'all are against me. Lord have mercy. See, discipleship is just like that at times. You will be betrayed in discipleship. Ah. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it, discipleship isn't for the faint of heart. but it's for those who are believers who are called to do so. Paul is like like, man, like I can't even believe this, right? He says, then he goes in, he goes back to what he likes to do. He says, the signs of a true apostle. I like that. He said, the signs of a true apostle were performed among you with utmost patience. Oh, I wish I just had time to just open that up. (laughs) Paul, talking about the fact that he did signs and wonders through his own hands. And there was possibly not a quick response to the message of the gospel because the signs and wonders were given as a way to affirm the message. However... Sometimes when God uses people to affirm you to a person in discipleship, you have to be careful of a disciple as a disciple maker of rushing people. Ah. See, see, one of the things, one of one of the things about a disciple being a disciple maker is you want more for people than they want for themselves. That's your job. Your job (laughs) is to want more for them than they want for themselves. The challenge is getting impatient with how God grows them. You have to be careful of getting frustrated because, listen, only God can grow someone. Your teaching doesn't grow them. Let me, oh, God, help me. Let, let, let me break that down. Teaching exposes them to what they need help in. They have to grab a hold of it and internalize it. Then God adds the growth. God adds growth. People don't grow themselves. That's why the Bible says work out your soul salvation with free and trembling. So that means you grab a hold of the stuff that makes you look like Jesus. But the Bible says right after that, but it is God who works and wills in you his good pleasure. God can't work his good pleasure in disciples that you make until they grab the stuff you give them. Help me today. And you have to be patient with their process. You you, 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 you do do need a place to vent, though. Because you can't vent everything to the people you're mad at. (laughs) It's not healthy. And, and, And what you do is you cause a greater gap and a breach. And so what you have to do is you have to be patient. Sometimes, help me today... You have to move back from them. Because sometimes after your season of voicing is up, you have to move back with them, from them, sometimes for God to work. Because when your disciples don't like you no more, you have to back up. Oh, y'all, see y'all, oh, help me today. I got to take on my jacket right now. Um, see, 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 and what you have to do is you have to, you, it's just like raising kids. You can do whatever you want, but when they get grown, you can't go in a 26-year-old child's house and tell them what to do in their house. You're just like, all oh, right, you out my house, you out, you out of my pocket too, right? Right? <laughs> I heard the, all the grown parents, they said, amen, don't come back here, amen, that's what they... <laughs> he says with signs and wonders and mighty works he talks about his affirmation of being an actual apostle I like this because he's helping them to understand his work and his commitment to them and how they had counterfeit folk around them they had counterfeit folk around them that, around the Corinthians in particular that didn't have the Corinthians good. they just wanted to use the Corinthians for their own agenda And so Paul was saying, like, they're not even real, like, they're not even Christians. They're not even believers. They're false people that are using you for your resources. And so Paul, this is his last time, like, his last dish effort trying to, like, this is the last time I'm going to tell you something. And you got to have some of those last time talks. You got to have, like, those last time talks with some folk where um, God hasn't provided peace in that relationship, but you got to say the last things to them to help them. Because the Bible says, as far as it depends on you, be at peace. So you can't, you got to be careful of letting how you feel they feel about you get in the way of you pressing beyond their hatred for you. Man, I got to move, man. It's verse 13. Look look at verse 13. He says, for in what? Were you less favored than the rest of the church? Paul said, like, what did you didn't get from me that the other church didn't get? Did I, like, give you a subsidized gospel? I didn't give you, like, a Section 8 gospel. Like, and I don't mean that in any type of derogatory way towards anybody that's on Section 8. But I'm saying that in a way of there's no subsidized someone paying for and you pay less or get. Like that, like Paul said, you got the exact same commitment that every other church got. Now, what was interesting about this though, he says, he says, he says, except one thing, no, you didn't pay me. They paid me to serve you. Because, see, in the Corinthian culture, they like to pay for wisdom. So, in other words, in their culture, um, they had street MCs. I have to break it down like that. They had street battles. You know, like, you're going to get this work type situation, right? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. It's okay. Some of y'all, my young folk know what I'm talking about. You're going to get this work. All right. So they had, so what you would do, though, is you would, when, when you saw a dude street battle or a lady street battle, you like, the world to do with, like, I'm going to pay them to come to my house. Like, you know how, at like, something you pay for, somebody to play the violin for you while you eat with your spouse or whatever, or your, your senior brother? they would pay for people to come to their house and just spit for them. Uh, my bad. Rap. <laughs> my bad. Somebody's like, spit? Pay for spit? What? What is this, an Aerosmith concert? What is It's happening? It went I know, it went over your head. Anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and, and so what they would do is they would hire a person to hear them as a way to for enj- artistic enjoyment without internalization. <laughs> so as a form of contextualization, Paul says, let me not receive an offering for them because their disposition towards investing in the ministry would look more like them hiring me to just enjoy what I have to say and not internalize the gospel. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to raise support from other churches so that I can go in, and that won't be an abhorrence to them. So because they didn't pay for it, they didn't value it. It's just too much for Sunday morning. It's just too much. And, 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 and so and so what happened was is they don't value Paul, but these People came in who are false, who are asking for payment. They value them because they met them in their fallenness. But Paul is trying to take them beyond their fallenness, and they can't see the difference between being bribed, being pumped, and being pimped than being ministered to. Oh, help me. In discipleship relationships, you're going to always wrestle with people misinterpreting you. You're going to always have, it's, you're going to have a lot of come to Jesus moments. <laughs> a lot of moments. And see, let me just say this for the disciple Some of you are on the other side of it and you're saying amen. You're the disciple. Like the Corinthians. You need to now submit yourself. Let's just flip it real quick. We'll come back to the disciple maker and say, you need to flip the scripture. You need to. You need to learn how to hear something. You need to learn how to hear a word, a hard one, so that you can grow and look more like Christ. You need to hear some stuff. Don't complain about not getting invested in if you don't get around the places where investment happens. That was for free. (laughs) Next point. Next point. Go the extra mile to close relational breaches. That's what a disciple maker does. You go as a disciple maker the extra mile to close relational breaches. Oh, man, look at what it says. It says, here for the third time, I am ready to come to you. Paul and them two times already. There's a lot of beef in the atmosphere. (laughs) You ever went somewhere where you knew the beef was strong, but you still went anyway? You knew you could have got jumped. You still went, right? (sighs) Jump means get beat up by a whole bunch of people. Sorry. (laughs) Right? (laughs) 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 Paul is willing to go again a third time. Because he says, you know, I'm going to go one more time, one more again, and that's it. And that's it. I'm going to try again for you to interpret my commitment to you a different way. Mm. He says, and I will not be a burden to you. I'm not asking you for anything. He said, for I seek not what is yours, but you. That is a beautiful verse. He said, "I, I don't want. Your stuff. I want you. That's beautiful. The center of discipleship is someone knowing that you want their good. That's what disciple makers do. Say, I don't want your stuff. Don't give me a present. Don't give me a birthday gift. Don't give me a a shout out. All I want is you. If I walk away from this naked but loved, that's enough. That's enough. And we're reconciled. That's enough. If we can be reconciled, and that's it. We never talk again, but you don't talk bad about me. I don't talk bad about you. It's, it's, he, he said, I want you. Oh, help me. He says, he says, for children are not obligated to save up for their parents. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. He said, kids aren't necessarily obligated to take care of their parents financially. He said, so I'll, take, I'll bite the bullet. I'll, I'll pay my way to come meet with you. This is just straight real ministry right here. I'll pay the way. Matter of fact, I'll pay for the meal. How much it costs for you to get there, I'll pay for it. In other words, he wants to over-communicate that I don't want anything from you. I remember when I was reconciling with somebody and we had to have a mediator trying to reconcile with a guy I was engaging. And I, I called for the meeting. With two people, and I said, "I'll pay for your plane ticket." Hold on, I ain't had the money, but I was gonna find it, right? And and, and I, I told my wife, "We was like, yeah." And I, I wanted to go the extra mile, and I hated every minute of it. And I'm about to pay for this, but I'm—I know I know God. Like, I'm like, I know I'm filled with. Like multifaceted Holy Ghost, like I'm paying you for you to halfway cuss me out. But but I'm gonna do this just only because the Bible says it. That's it. My affections will come along one day. <laughs> he says, here, he says, he says, but parents for their children, Paul says, he, next point, <laughs> told you, you got a lot of points. <sighs> Make exhausting investment without encouraging gratitude. One verse. I will most gladly Spend and be spent for your souls. Wow. I don't even have to exegete that. It's amazing. In other words, you go the extra mile, you're willing to like exhaust yourself, even though you got a full schedule of things to do. You're you're willing to meet later. This is what disciple makers do. Next point: be demonized. You have to be willing to be demonized. He says, but granting that I myself did not burden you, I was crafty, you say, and got the better of you by deceit. This is crazy. So Paul basically uses language that's used of the devil. The devil is crafty and deceitful. That's what they call Paul. They said, you're the devil. See, what happens in disciple-making relationships sometimes you have those disciples that just flourish. They just take it on the chin, and they get it, and they grow, and they flourish, and they, 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 they multiply fruit a hundredfold. <laughs> those disciples, it just does your soul. You, sometimes you just look at their picture to get encouragement. You just say, thank you, Jesus, for this one. You know? That's, that's what I have. I used to say, I just need encouragement to engage this one because this one didn't go like this one, so I'm going to be encouraged by this one. So that when I go back to this one, I can have this in mind when I go here because I don't know if I'm going to feel about this person what I feel about this person. But I'm going to do it anyway because I'm being obedient to you. And then you have to engage someone that totally misunderstands you, that has demonized you, that has talked about you, and that has railed about you and talked about you like a dirty dog. But you have to be the godly one, take the higher road and not return evil for evil. Y'all yeah, not going to talk back. It's okay. <laughs> they, call, they call Paul the devil. They say he's crafty. Hold on, Paul. I, I ain't taking no money from you. How am I crafty, right? My, my, my. You, you ever seen? You ever seen somebody just got? Just you're like, what is going through your mind? Where did you get this caricature, this avatar of me from, right? And, and guess what? You have to. It's okay to be upset. Look at somebody and say it's okay to be upset. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Because let me tell you something. You will be demonized. Ask Jesus. Jesus is healing people, changing lives. And he said, he cast out demons by Beelzebub. Jesus like, what kind of sense does it make for the devil to be in me and me cast out a devil when the devil wants to oppress and possess people? Why would Satan cast out Satan? He said, doesn't make any kind of sense. But when people are warped about your investment into them, they make up stuff about you. And can't see the illogical, irrational, reprobate philosophy that has gurneyed their heart. Uh, and so you have to be willing to work through all of that. I know this is tough. So some of y'all are just looking at me like, Pastor, when is this going to be over? <laughs> but this is a part of it, right? He says... In verse 17, he says, did I take advantage of you through any of those who I sent to you? And then he, then he shouts out one of his disciples on the sly. I like, I like what Paul did here. He says, I urged Titus, hello, to go to you. That was like one of his ace disciples. That was like one of his beast spiritual sons. And He says, now, I'm going to show you without saying it, What disciples of me look like in the way they relate to how I disciple them? This is amazing. It's artistic. He says, and sent the brother with you. I don't know know who this is. Some other brother. I don't know if he didn't want to say his name or something to them because they mad at him too. I don't know. Bible doesn't tell us. But it says here, did Titus take advantage of you? This is dope. He said, I didn't take advantage of you. And the way I invest in people, I train people to be the same way. That's just nasty good right there. In other, in, other word, in other words, you see what the process of discipleship, it's not braggadociousness. It's not what it is. It's saying, like, I, I do have a heart to invest in you. And the same thing that I usually come to you with is the same, like, it wasn't anything different. I paid Titus' way, basically, by raising his support. Did we not act in the same spirit Did we not take the same steps? Look how meticulous Paul is laying this out. It's beautiful. He said, have you seen, have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? He said, it is in the sight of God that we have been speaking in Christ. And all for your upbuilding. Beautiful word there. Word upbuilding means to properly construct something. It it, it points to the idea is bringing something to full completion. In other words, Paul is saying, we want to upbuild. It's like a general contractor. General contractor may not do all the work, but they make sure that all the work gets done well. Paul said, that's my role in your life. A role of a disciple maker in a person's life is not to be everything to them, but to make sure that they get connected to everything they need to grow. That's very important, a general contractor. So what you do is you see what's needed. A general contractor comes in, and they look, and they say, da 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 this is what needs to be done. Let me make sure I get electricity. Let me make sure I get people to drywall, the stud, and uh, demo, and da 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 and make sure that happens. A disciple maker is meticulous about giving oversight to a person's discipleship without being there all in all. Oh, help me today. You have to be careful of being people's all in all. Your little Messiah complex and your little paternalistic thing you got going. Listen, listen. God cares about the disciples. You disciple more than you do. That's the first lesson of disciple making. If you don't believe God cares more than you, you will try to save them yourself. Listen, and you will exhaust yourself with trying to save people that Christ already died for. Your role is to point them to Jesus, not be him. That, that's very, very important. And you have to know when a disciple is getting too needy to where they think you're there all in all. And you have to let them know. You have to starve people of things that they think they need from you so that they can need it from the Lord instead of you. This is gold stuff here. I'm just telling you all right now. This don't come from just reading a book or something. Saying, so you So you have to be willing to work yourself out of a job. That's what a disciple maker does. <laughs> and listen, they will never be complete when you're finished with them. So you have to have a beginning and an ending to your disciple making of them. They can have access to you, Amen. but they can't have the depth season that they had with you. Oh, this is, y'all better be writing this down. I can't remember none of it. <laughs> I'm not gonna you say, what did you say? I'm like, I don't know. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> but but this is very, very important. This idea of upbuilding, he called them beloved. This, this, his wording is amazing. He's, he's loved by God and me. Deeply loved. Like even in the midst of this beef, you're loved. Don't let beef and hurt from a disciple make you treat them tragically. He calls them beloved. Last point, I'm out your way. Broken about a disciple's lack of progress. It's crazy that's the last point. But disciple makers, whenever there's a lack of progress, you're broken about it. Look at what he says. He said, for I fear perhaps when I come to you, you not, uh, uh, that I may find you not as I wish. He said, I would hate to get there, and we still at this point. Then he says, and that you may find me not as you wish, meaning I hope you wish me from the right perspective versus the false perspective that you have. It's key. He says that perhaps there may be quarreling between us, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip conceit and disorder. Like, that's not what I want to happen when we get with each other. He said, I fear that this is what it's going to turn into. It's going to turn into just a stalemate verbal war and a character war, and that's not what I want out of this. He ends it by saying, he said, I fear that when I come to you again, my God may humble me before you. What does he mean by that? He says, and I may have to mourn those who have sinned earlier. He said, it would be humbling to me that I come and you haven't spiritually grown from all of my investment. He said, that would humble me. The idea of humble here points to brokenness. The, the, the thing that a disciple maker wants is for the people they invest in to be better than them. <laughs> and then he says, he says, and have not repented, turned, changed your mind of the impurity, sexual immorality, sensuality that they have practiced. Um, Paul ends on that note. And Jesus is very well adept to this experience that Paul was adept to. He was adept to it because he got denied by the people he created. He got doubted by his disciples. He had one of his aces, Peter, curse that he didn't know him. After three years of sleeping outside, seeing him feed 5,000, raise people from the dead, give him more fish than he ever caught. That's Jesus went through that. Jesus went through investing in people and them saying, deuces. But this is the difference between you and Jesus. He knew that they were going to do that because it was prophesied. And he still invested in them because he saw that there was another side to what God was going to do in their life even though there was a deep breach in their relationship. And one of the best scenes in the Bible, best scene in the Bible, and I'm done, is someone was on the shore. Couldn't quite see him. And he the he said, hey friend, you catch anything? He says, nah. We've been out here for a minute. Catch your net on the other side of the boat. He's like, am I the fisherman or are you the fisherman? <laughs> Bible says Peter did it. And it reminded him of the second time he met Jesus in Luke 4. And he didn't know who it was because he couldn't see him. He just knew that the catch reminded him of his Lord. The Bible says that he jumped in the water and swam to shore. And Jesus had already had fish cooking for him, even though he had caught fish out there. The Bible said, Jesus, the resurrected Christ, with his own hands made breakfast. For the guy that betrayed him. <laughs> then he says, but then he confronts him, No, Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then he asks him three times. He said, Why are you put me through this? This feels weird. He says, He said, after you've fallen, he said, You're gonna, you're gonna strengthen your brothers, you're gonna strengthen them. And on the day of Pentecost, the guy who cursed that he didn't know Jesus preached and over 3,000 people met Jesus because Jesus remained committed to him even in the midst of his betrayal. (laughs) What it means to be a disciple maker is not to give up on people, even when you want to. And giving up on people doesn't mean you're always in their life specifically. It just means that you think rightly about them in wanting for them what God wants for them, even if you're not the one to give it to them. Father, we thank you. And we bless you for your mercy and for your grace. That you would teach us the truth about disciples. It's, it's unbelievable um, being a disciple maker. Um, it's spiritual parenting it is maybe someone here doesn't know you today and they're not even a disciple yet because they haven't met you as savior maybe you're here today and you don't know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and was raised up on the third day for you would love to engage you and talk to you about the fact that Christ died on the cross for your sins you don't have to pay for your sin anymore he already took care of it Raised from the grave, all power, coming back with a numberless fleet. Will you put your confidence in Jesus that he died for you today? Die for your sin so that you wouldn't experience God's wrath. Slip your hand in the air if you want to meet Jesus as Savior. Anyone. So I want to meet him today. I want to meet him by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone. Not Jesus and anything, but Jesus and Jesus alone. Anyone. Anyone. Anyone want to meet Jesus.